Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Stacked show today. Uh, George Soros is back again. Soros has figured out a while ago local politicians, local races are important. Now education, too. Back in kind of the education system. I've got that. I've got what inflation and the devastating inflation numbers that came out yesterday really mean to you. I'm going to throw a number out to you from a Wall Street Journal article that I promise will bake your bagels, showing you just how bad the inflation crisis is right now. And I've got a video at the end of the show today. Please don't miss it. That is probably, if it's real, I, I'm, I'm still, I can't believe it's real. It's probably the, <laughs> the dumbest thing you've ever seen. It, just stay tuned. You'll have, Joe's seen it. Just hang in there. You'll see what I mean. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. I've got that. I've got Ted Cruz on fire, proving my point the other day that people mess up. It happens all the time. Um, I'm not willing to throw people overboard for one mistake. It becomes a lot of mistakes and a pattern. Yeah, but uh, I've got that. And in, the AP's changing their reporting guidelines on Corona. Convenient. Perfect timing for that. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Joseph, let's go, Daddy-O. Oh, let's go. So, by the way, I don't want to forget, he will, uh, he will get on me here, and uh, we can't have that. Questions for tomorrow's show, if you would like to. He's like, you saved me the problem here, if I'm going to remind you <laughs> of the show. If you go to my Locals account, Locals.com or Locals app, I am at D. Bongino. I have a post there, questions for tomorrow's podcast. Just add them there. Or Rumble.com slash Bongino, that's where my podcasts are. You can go there and put a comment under the video. Just put questions so we know, and we'll try to get to it in tomorrow's show. So thank you very much for that. Let's just start out today's show on a, on a good note. Um, Ted Cruz been on fire between the FBI questioning and this happened yesterday. So a media reporter, the, the media, I mean, it's just full of losers and zeros. And as I've said to you often, one of them, although I don't like Saul Alinsky, Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals, he was a leftist, are important for you to read. If you don't understand your political opponent's strategy, then you're bound to lose. And one of Sololinsky's rules is always make your opponents live up to their own set of so-called standards and principles, right? Call them out on their hypocrisy. They want to tell everyone, put a mask on. Well, why aren't they wearing masks? You do that for a reason. It shows people that these people don't believe in what they're saying, right? They don't believe in masks. They don't wear them themselves. So Ted Cruz did exactly this yesterday. He understood the assignment here. He's up at the podium asking, uh, be asking questions or answering questions, I should, I should say, from the press. And the pro one of the press people says, well, why aren't you wearing a mask, Mr. Cruz? You notice they don't ask this of any Democrat, only Republicans. Cruz has had about enough of that. Check this out. On the question of hypocrisy, you just asked, you people at the podium are speaking without masks. Just once, I'd like to see a reporter say to Joe Biden when he stands at the damn podium in the White House without a mask, Mr. President, why aren't you wearing a mask? Just once, I'd like to, to see you say to Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, when she stands at the podium with no mask, Ms. Psaki, why don't you have a mask? The questions are only directed at one side, and i got to say the American people see the hypocrisy. Yeah, they do, and so do we. You know, folks, we put these stories in the show not just to kind of mock these people on the other side. That's easy. But to show you and to, to, to hopefully we can all learn together, political strategy matters, strategy matters. The left does this all the time. They like to point out the hypocrisy. Oh, look at you Christians. And then this guy, whatever, uh, went out and did this, they, which, you know, they're fair to do. And they point out the hypocrisy for a reason. They want to show that these people aren't principled, that nobody likes people who aren't principled. Well, we need to turn the tide on them and do the exact same thing. Good for Ted Cruz for doing it. But folks, they're not even hiding it anymore, the media. They're not, they're not even attempting to appear impartial anymore. 
They're just openly now jamming it in your face and giving you the double barrel family friendly middle finger. Okay. They're just, they just don't care anymore. I read this article yesterday. I saw a snippet of it on social media and I thought this can't possibly be true. Like they would acknowledge this publicly, but this is the AP, a far left uh, outlet pretending to do journalism. The Associated Press, January 12th, 2022. It's a real piece. Omicron wave prompts the media to rethink which data to report. So wait, wait, I read, I'm, listen to this. So death counts and case counts were highlighted all over the media everywhere when Donald Trump was in office. Oh, my gosh. 72 million deaths everywhere. Highlighting every day the air quotes failures of the Trump administration. Well, now that case counts are far surpassing where they were, uh, what they were under the Trump era, all of a sudden the media, Joe Shocker, they've had a change of heart on how to report this. I, I don't yeah. know why. I can't figure it out. Think about it, folks. I'll read this for you. So the AP says, for that reason, the Associated Press has recently told its editors and reporters to avoid emphasizing case counts and stories about the disease. That means, for example... No more stories focused solely on a particular country or state setting a one-day record for number of cases because that claim has been unreliable. What just happened in a blue state that the AP would change its mind on reporting a state-by-state basis? Oh, that's right. California had, what, 300,000 cases of coronavirus? Trust me when I tell you, if Florida had 500,000, the AP would wait a few weeks before they change their reporting guidelines. They're not hiding it anymore, folks. These are political partisan operatives with an agenda. Now that their mission has been done, they think they got rid of Trump, then they don't want to embarrass Biden anymore. So now all of a sudden, they're not going to do case counts anymore. What a revelation. By the way, a, quote, revelation we had two years ago when we discussed on this show, maybe a year and a half, precision does matter here, a year and a half ago when Joe and I and Paula at the time, we were talking about how case counts don't matter. It's not case counts. It's hospitalizations and deaths. Why? Because you don't remember, Joe, this conversation? What did we say back then? You don't know the case count. All you know are people who've been tested. You don't have ES extrasensory perception. How do you know how many people are sick in home and never got tested? It's irrelevant. The hospitalizations and the death numbers are what matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter, folks. I might, I'm not going to waste your time. Oh, look at me. I said it a year and a half. It's, it's just so frustrating. But again, you listen to this show. You were a year and a half ahead of the information curve, and we're the ones called. What else would you expect from American Pravda, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, seriously. It really is. It's so disappointing. Hey, so the rumor is, I don't know if you heard this, that Joy Reid, who is she still our gold medalist? She is, right, man? The gold medalist in the dopey media talking <laughs> at Olympics. The rumor is Joy, yeah, she, she may be leaving her. They may be booting her from her show for its atrocious ratings. I should have put them up here. They are really, really, really bad. Her ratings. Abysmal, right? So the rumor is she may lose her show. So I wonder why I'm like, Joy Reid, gosh, she's so talented. And I, joking, of course. And then I see a cut like this yesterday. Check this out. Has Joy Reid really thought this through? Joy Reid on her show, I, I guess now she's descended into hysterics, hoping to keep her show and maybe attract a fringe audience or whatever it may be. She now wants to make sure that people are charged more who don't get the coronavirus vaccine. Uh, doesn't mention natural immunity, the fact that they may be prevented from getting the vaccine from some kind of health comorbidity. Doesn't care about any of that. Um, Dr. Joy Reid, medical professional here. Dr. Joy Reid has an opinion that you should all pay more if you don't get the vaccine. So I'm, I'm wondering, has she thought all this through? I'll get to that after this. Has she thought, of course, she Joy doesn't think at all. No, let's think things through. But here, check this out. Let's talk about what other countries are doing. Because at some point, I feel like people who are willfully unvaccinated, fine, don't get vaccinated. But they need to start to pay a little bit more of the cost of what this is doing to our system. Uh, there are fines that, that, are, uh, that are levied in places like Germany. Germany has stopped paying for the tests, the virus tests for people who choose to be unvaccinated. They've ended quarantine pay for those without vaccinations. Ikea, the company, is slashing sick pay for unvaccinated UK workers. If you are a smoker, 
Insurance companies can charge you more. They can charge you a premium up to 50%. And you have to put that on the form when you apply for insurance. At some point, don't we have to make people who are just saying, I'm willing to take the risk to be unvaccinated, take the risk for me and take the risk for everyone I come in contact with. Shouldn't they have to pay more into the system because they are collapsing our health system? They're the ones in the ERs. They're taking it up. If you have a stroke or you have a heart attack, you can't get in the ER because they're taking up all the beds. So shouldn't they have to pay more? Well, now you see why Joy Reid is likely going to lose her show on MSNBC. Uh, by the way, something pointed out to me by Guy. I didn't catch this. If you're watching on Rumble, you may have caught it rather than just listening. The woman she's talking to on the panel. Well, she's not talking. She's just talking. The woman sitting in her panel <laughs> has a shirt on that says Fauci. Like it's like, you know, go Gators or something, yeah. you know, you know. Giants, uh, you know, huh, Redskins. Oh, I mean, Washington football team or whatever, right? <laughs> you're not even allowed to imagine a lady had a Redskins shirt, Joy Reacher. Oh my gosh, would that be a scandal, right? Has Joy thought this through? She wants people to pay more. Now, what I find fascinating about this, you should ask your liberal friends this because I'm sure they believe the same thing. So you want people to pay more based on risk. That's fascinating. Because when Republicans who for decades now have been pushing for things like means testing when it comes to government sponsored health care benefits, Medicare and Medicaid, the libs lose their mind. What is means testing? People like me and conservatives for a long time have said, why are people in their 60s and 70s, some of them worth millions of dollars? Why are they getting government sponsored health care in Medicare? Why? Folks, I'm sorry, but well, we paid it. Well, listen, we paid into a lot of things, but there's no money. I'm really sorry. I mean, the people who are in there now, I understand. I mean, I've said that often. I think it should be for people 55 and younger because lives have been planned and whatever it may be. But you have to understand there's no more money. So Republicans have pitched for a long time the idea of means testing. If you're wealthy, then we shouldn't be bankrupting these programs, which are already a terrible idea. The government can't run anything, no less a healthcare program, right? But why are we giving benefits to people who don't need it? They can afford their own and then some. Okay, why we've asked that often. Why not means test them? The Democrats have said, no way. Are we mean why? Because as as the old saying goes, a program for the poor is a poor program. Why? Because Democrats won't tell you this. They feel like poor people don't have political power. This is them talking. Believe me, behind the scenes, this is what they think. Don't ever forget that adage. It's the Democrats' credo. A, a, poor, a program for the poor is going to be a poor program. Because they, they think poor people can't organize and won't vote. That is the Democrats' thinking. Trust me. That's why they want to give government benefits to everyone. They don't want to means test it based on income which is ridiculous. I don't need government-sponsored health care benefits. Some people may. You can set the income standards pretty high at the start. So that's kind of odd how the Democrats want to give away benefits to you know people who are millionaires, government-sponsored taxpayer benefits, and yet they want everybody else to pay more, do like reverse means testing if you don't get a coronavirus vaccine. Is Joy Reid... Uh, does she want to do that for people who are obese, who may have health problems? What about, should they pay more? What about drinkers? What about if you drink on the weekend? What about if you take one of those uh, gene tests and it turns out you have a proclivity towards breast cancer or something like that? Should they pay less? What about high-risk sexual behavior? Should you have to be answer that question too? See, this is what I... The, 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 you know, the great Thomas Sowell, he says about Democrats all the time, the difference between us and Democrats is we say, okay, and then what? And Democrats are simpletons. They are first order thinkers. Joy Reid says something dumb like this and never says, well, if we start making people who are unvaccinated pay more because of a simple medical decision that may have been justified based on their own unique health situation, then that would set a standard, wouldn't it? And the standard could apply to people who drink, People who, like said, smoke, gene problems, high-risk sexual behavior. They don't think about any of this. They are pure simpletons. They don't want anybody to pay more for anything, including rich people, unless you get the vac don't get the vaccine. Then you should pay more. But what about rich people who don't get the vaccine? Oh, no, not them. This is how phony these people are. Look at these numbers, by the way, coming out of Israel. 
These people are immune, again, to facts and data. Folks, the vaccine is not working like they said it would work. That is a matter of scientific medical certainty. They claimed up to 90 plus percent efficiency in stopping transmission of the virus. That is absolutely false right now. Scrolling through social media, I found this from uh, INMSC on uh, social media, Twitter specifically. Look at the data coming out of Israel. Israel has shattered all of their previous coronavirus case records, despite mask mandates, vax passports, and rolling out a fourth dose. Cases are up 9,893% since CNN quoted health officials there saying the data was clear that booster shots helped bring down the fourth wave. Holy smokes. Look, Joe. Folks, please watch the show on Rumble today. If you're listening, just go. This is like the 17-minute mark or so. Look at this chart from Israel, the daily new cases per 1 million. Look at it. Israel institutes a mask mandate. Cases go up. A double mask fine and increases enforcement. Cases go up again. Masks, they say, brought down the curve after a spike. Oh, great. Success. Ah, Cases went up again. Institute a green pass. Wow, cases went down a little bit. Then they put a mask mandate, reinstated. That'll do it. Lifted the mask mandate, reinstated the mask mandate. After the mask mandate's reinstated, cases uh, cases ballooned again. Cases exploded. Now they say the data's clear. After cases exploded, after the mask mandate was reinstated, They said the fourth booster shot helped bring the wave down. And, oh, it looks like it did. And then what happened? Now they've exploded to unprecedented levels. My gosh, folks, when are we going to wake up? Not us. I shouldn't say we. It's not us. When are these people on the left going to wake up that what you're doing as a matter of simple fact is just not working? Do we really live in a time where we are so immune to facts and data that we're willing to let people die to continue a series of policies that have been entirely ineffective? When are we going to incorporate the money ball theory into our daily lives? If he's not a good hitter, if he's a good hitter, why doesn't he hit good, right? If masks work, why aren't they working? If boosters work, why aren't they working? If vaccine mandates work, why aren't they working? If green passes work, why aren't they working? Is anybody but us asking this? And in case you think this is all just limited to adults, we are getting our kids, our kids are being, are dying, are dying because of people on the left and candidly some even swampy Republicans who refuse to accept the facts. Here's another one on Twitter from E. Woodhouse 7. COVID-19 didn't increase the normal uh, uh, respiratory disease mortality burden for uh, teens age 13 to 18 in 2020. But alcohol and drug-induced deaths nearly doubled. A 50% increase in this age group with this kind of death is a massive indictment of lockdown and school closure policies. Look at this graph, folks. This is what is happening to our kids. They are dying. Look at these numbers. The respiratory disease deaths have barely moved. Up a little bit. Look at the deaths from alcohol-induced deaths. These lonely kids being forced to sit at home. Through the roof. From 541 to 1,000. Over 1,000. I don't know. Yes, do they think it's coincidence? They can't possibly be that stupid. They can't possibly be that stupid. And then I see a story today about how Uh, A bunch of uh, clueless, dopey doctors are petitioning Spotify to squash the Joe Rogan show uh, or or put it uh, to to take Joe Rogan show episodes down because of covid disinformation. It really is amazing. It really is. Losing our kids to these idiots. All right, let me get to my next sponsor. And then uh, Marco Rubio out of nowhere yesterday. Marco reminds me of the old WWE. Marco Rubio off the top rope. Remember off the top ropes? Yeah. Off the top ropes with the big elbow. I didn't see that one coming. Slamming Joe Biden with 
who really was a pretty, pretty good floor appearance. Stay tuned for that. And this Australia video at the end. I'm not unnecessarily teasing it. I promise you, if this is real, I, I just, it's so dumb. I can't believe it's, everybody's telling me it's real. I, I can't believe it. I am not overselling how stupid this is. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Okay, Rubio yesterday, Marco Rubio, senator from my state of Florida here, went on the House floor, and he gave a brief House speech yesterday talking about how we have, listen, we have real problems right now. We have foreign policy issues going on. We have inflation going on, coronavirus, and Biden and the Democrats seem entirely obsessed with January 6th. And Jim sent me a poll, a left-wing focus group, this, this poll, which just speaks to how ridiculous the left is. They did a left-wing liberal focus group, and most of the liberals in the group and the focus group couldn't have cared any less about January 6th. The Democrats are obsessed with it while the country burns. Here's Rubio on the House floor. This is, this is good stuff. Check this out. I think almost everyone would tell you that what happened on January 6th here was a terrible thing. It should never have happened, and it should never happen again. But I don't care how many candlelight vigils and musical performances you have from the cast of Hamilton. You're not going to convince at least more, most normal and sane people that our government last year was almost overthrown by a guy wearing a Viking hat and Speedos. Okay? And I don't care... You know, how many of these speeches the president gives in which he shouts out this hyperbole and, and, and all this melodrama, you're not going to convince people that having a state pass a law that says, for example, that you have to produce an identification is the same as segregation. Nevertheless, despite the fact that that's what most people in this country are worried about is inflation and all these other things, that's not what we're working on here. That's not what we'll spend this week on. That's not what the priority of this administration has been. That's not what the president is giving speeches about. They don't care. You may care about inflation back home. They care about the fact their crisis is that there's some laws in this country, for example, some states in this country that do not automatically force everyone to register to vote. They just automatically register everyone. That's the crisis. Good job. You're not going to convince me a guy in a Viking hat and a Speedo. <laughs> Good job, uh, Marco Rubio was going to take over the country. Uh, by the way, uh, conveniently timed all of this for Biden's new FBI domestic terrorism task force. I covered that yesterday. That should be one of the biggest stories on the front of your cerebral cortex right now. You think that's all by accident? How exactly are they defining domestic terrorism? Everything we were told was a conspiracy theory years ago is now just slowly materializing in front of our faces. But Rubio's right. This inflation crisis is real. And I told you at the beginning of the show that I was going to put meat on the bone, muscle on the ligaments, and I was going to show you and make this feel and make it hurt for you because you have to understand the pain this guy is causing and react appropriately in the 2022 election. This is real. And sometimes it's hard to grow. 7% inflation. Well, what does that mean exactly? Does it mean everything's going up 7%? What does it mean for my wallet? Wall Street Journal has a wonderful piece by Phil Graham. I like his stuff. It was uh, yesterday. It's from yesterday. It's called The Democrats' Inflation Blame Game. And he has a paragraph in there that should kick you right in the cojones as to how bad this inflation crisis is for you, your wallet, your money, your bank account. Listen to this. He says, quote, what was billed as minor and temporary inflation has risen at rates unseen for four decades. So rapidly have prices risen that despite increases in nominal wages, real median weekly wages, which you're getting paid, are down are $11.58 lower today than when President Biden took office. 
That decline in real wages, folks, is 19% larger than the decline that occurred during the entire subprime financial crisis. I had to read that twice because I thought I read it wrong. The inflation crisis now, the jump in prices, has destroyed your purchasing power and your wages so badly that you're now in worse shape than you were during the Great Recession and the subprime financial crisis. Just think about that for a moment. That's just this year. Because if you're on the left, you say, oh, well, yeah, that sounds really bad. Let me go hide under a rock. But hopefully this is the end. No, ladies and gentlemen, it's not the end. There's typically a lag time from inflation, from a, from a massive money printing, from a year to two years. Folks, I'm telling you right now, and mark the time, fellas. Thursday, January 13th. Flag it. Mark the time and date here. 925, time check. Mark my words. You're just seeing the beginning of this. I, please, I'm not using your name in vain. Please, Father, tell me I'm wrong. I do not want to see anybody suffer for some cheap, stupid political win. That's really a loss. But I'm telling you, with the massive amount of M2 money, M3 money in circulation, all of these different metrics for measuring the creation of money and money and purchasing power, there is no way we are at the end of this. Not a chance. Not a chance. Your wages are going to go down and down and down. The number may go up, but you won't be able to buy anything with it. You want to be stuck on an island with a case full of a million dollars? Think about it. Great, I got a million dollars. You're stuck on an island by yourself. What are you going to do with it? Or would you rather be on an island with no money and a bunch of food and DVDs and electricity creating equipment? What would, what's your choice? The latter, correct? We're in the former position. You may have a lot of nominal money. It just ain't going to buy anything. Worse than the Great Recession. All right, Rubio mentioned something else here, too. He mentioned how uh, they're using January 6th, the Democrats, to push for this ridiculous uh, assault on election integrity around the country. This John Lewis Voting Rights Act, which will do nothing, nothing but destroy voter ID measures and pollute elections all over the country. Now, we played it yesterday, so there's no need to relitigate it, but Biden's dreadful speech saying, if you're against this bill to destroy elections, you're a segregationist, you're George Wallace, which is ironic because Biden touted a George Wallace uh, endorsement or uh, the endorsement of his character. But promising young politician, Joe Biden, that was George Wallace. Yeah, that happened. Watch yesterday's show. But this is how I know things are cratering for Biden. I'm not sure they can get much worse at this point, and I don't think they're going to get better. Um, I think he is going to stay in that valley and he's stuck there. Even Democrats like Dick Durbin, who is as radical a leftist as it gets. Dick Durbin, radical leftist Democrat senator, are starting to turn on him now. So he was questioned yesterday on CNN, Dick Durbin. You'll see the story at Just the News. In my newsletter, please subscribe, bongino.com slash newsletter. It's free. We'll email you these stories every morning. Won't spam your inbox, no worries. Dick Durbin says Biden may have gone, quote, a little too far. Comparing opposition to segregationists. Gee, you think? Folks, he's in a world of trouble. If you are a high-profile Democrat like Dick Durbin, who's been in the Senate, uh, I, I think as long as I've been alive, <laughs> maybe, maybe as long as my parents and grandparents have been alive, Dick Durbin's turning on you, you're cratering out big time. This guy is in real trouble right now, Biden. And these inflation numbers are going to devastate any play. That's why he shifted from build back worse. He has no chance right now with inflation to this voting thing. And that's going to die too. There's no, no chance that gets through. Not with the numbers he has now. He doesn't have the votes. All right, moving on. I'm going to get to Soros next because George Soros really concerns me. Uh, what he's been doing with it. Listen, he's free to spend his money as he wishes. Okay. I'm not a communist, but we're also free to critique it. That's exactly how the system works, right? Just last time I checked. I got that coming up. Also, the, the video of that Australian. <laughs> George Soros is back. He's back, Joe. Q, wait, Q, media matters, liberal nonsense. Anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism from the left that could not hate Israel more. Really? Couldn't hate Israel anymore, the left. That is, 
I that really is a, that you know that is the only thing they have. It's up there with their yeah racist massages. This is all they do. So George Soros is free to spend his money in politics however he wishes, and we are darn well free to critique it. By the way, I'll be covering some of this in a small segment on my show on Fox this weekend. Set your DVR, please, if you don't mind. Unfiltered, Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern time. My show, Unfiltered with Dan Bongino. Uh, We've got Dave Portnoy, Don Trump Jr., loaded guest lineup this week. And we'll be doing a story on George Soros and what's happening with him sponsoring inner city prosecutors, DAs. Why would George Soros be involved in local politics? Because George Soros is not stupid. George Soros is very smart and knows exactly what he's doing. Presidential elections are great. But ladies and gentlemen, if you believe in subsidiarity, the principle that management and politics is best done at the local level, well, you think liberals are dumb and they don't understand that too? Soros and them figured out a long time ago that secretaries of state and district attorneys who can enforce both voting and crime policies, that if you can get your people in there, you can do a whole lot of damage. Oh, and he has. We'll be covering it again on my show this weekend. Some of the DAs he's been uh, he's been uh, donating money to. But now you read this story by Joseph Vasquez at Newsbusters. Be in my newsletter today. America's most notorious billionaire, talking about Soros, leaves his mark on the world from a $2.3 billion education behemoth to racial politics. Moving into the education system now, Soros. So I ask you this. If you can move and get your people into the schools and get your people into the public safety space with your own district attorneys in there, what else is there at the local level? If you don't have public safety and you have your kids being indoctrinated later on, what does it really matter what the local tax rate is? Folks, I bring this up not to scare you, of course. I bring this up because he's free to give his money and we're free to fight back. Keep your eyes on this. Ask your local school boards if they're taking some of this money. Money's basically been directed towards a couple of universities. But ask them where this, if any of this money's coming their way. And if you're in some of these universities listed in there, you should be asking why, why they're taking that money. By the way, I should mention my uh, editor at BonginoReport.com. It's a conservative alternative to uh, Drudge Report, Matt Palumbo. Uh, he has a book available now for pre-order. It should be coming out very soon. I am the publisher of that book called The Man Behind the Curtain about George Soros and his role in all of this. Footnotes, data, irrefutable data. It's called The Man Behind the Curtain by Matt Palumbo. It's coming out, right? Just pre-order it now. You'll see the damage Soros and uh, his, uh, his funding of these pro- uh, processes have done. Disturbing stuff. So um, you saw this Fauci email? Well, moving on, folks. Fauci was up in, uh, in front of Rand Paul up on Capitol Hill the other day, and he was wetting himself and losing his mind because Rand Paul dared to question him about this email, question him about this email. Email is devastating. Uh, here it is right here. You can look at it. For those of you listening on audio, I'll just sum it up for you. It's an email from Fauci's former boss, Francis Collins at NIH. Collins was Fauci's boss. A lot of people don't know that. Um, he was emailing Fauci, and he was very concerned about what they call the Great Barrington Declaration. In sum, that was a bunch of very smart doctors like Jay Bhattacharya from Stanford and Harvard doctors and others who had said, hey, early on in the pandemic, this lockdown policy is not going to work. It's not possible. It's a respiratory virus. It's going to spread. What we need to do is secure the high-risk population, um, and everyone else should take mitigation measures but should live their lives. The Great Barrington Declaration turned out to be what? Turned out to be true. So now, in response to a FOIA, we got our mitts on these emails where Francis Collins, on his government email account, emails Fauci, who works for him, and he says, hey, uh, Anthony, you know, basically we need you to take a look at this thing. And he says, quote, there needs to be a quick and devastating published takedown of its premises. I don't see anything like that online yet. Is it underway? Francis. Well, Fauci responds back and says, Francis, I am pasting below basically a hit piece. It just says a piece from Wired that debunks this theory. Best, Tony. Notice Francis, uh, he doesn't include the Francis Collins Fauci, a scientific journal. He includes basically a blog piece from Wired magazine. Why did they do this? 
Well, they wanted to give an impression, Collins and Fauci, that they were right and that there was a scientific consensus that lockdowns would work. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there's a real problem here as we see more of these emails. There was no consensus and they were using their government accounts to do, as Joe indicated earlier, a Pravda effort. They were propagandizing people to try to make people believe that they should lock down because the scientific community had a consensus on it when, in fact, there was no consensus. So instead of considering an alternate opinion, they decided it would be a good idea to attack the authors of said opinion on their government accounts. As it turns out, ladies and gentlemen, the story gets worse. There's a show called Rising. and This guy, Ryan Grimm, I believe from The Intercept, was on the other day. And Ryan Grimm, to his credit, was talking about another series of emails, not just that Fauci and Collins were trying to destroy the reputations of the great Barrington Declaration scientists who turned out to be right. These people are really gross. They are really grotesque, what Fauci and Collins did. But this is even more disturbing. I'm going to play an audio clip from you here. This is Ryan Grimm discussing a different set of emails. Emails that went around after a February, I believe, 13th, 2020, early days of the pandemic, conference call. The conference call, which a lot of these people were mentioning here were on, was about the very serious potential that the coronavirus had leaked from the Wuhan lab. Remember they told us that was a conspiracy theory? Remember the date of this call? It's February of 2020. They're telling us now that this is a conspiracy theory that this thing leaked from the lab. Well, now we got the emails after the call. And Ryan Grimm kind of sums up what they say here. And this is really disturbing stuff about a potential cover-up. Should be a criminal investigation into this. Listen to this. They painted a damning picture of U.S. government officials wrestling with whether the novel coronavirus may have leaked out of a lab they knew they were funding, deciding that it very well may have, and then actively suppressing those questions. So to spell out what actually is new here, these emails themselves and others similar to it had previously been obtained by news outlets, including The Intercept, which sued the NIH for a huge batch of documents. And the GOP actually cited us in two footnotes. Uh, these particular emails were first obtained by BuzzFeed and The Washington Post, but the emails were heavily redacted, making it hard to know what was being communicated. A lot of them looked just like that. But as we also know from previous reporting, Republican staff were able to view the full emails, quote, in camera, which basically means they could physically look at them, but couldn't take copies with them. So what they did is they quickly took as many notes as they could. It would be better if the NIH would just release them. But this is the best we've got at this point. Now, one quick side note, it's pitiful, it's shameful that Democrats wouldn't collaborate with Republicans on this investigation in any serious way. This shouldn't actually be partisan. It's existentially important that we get the actual truth here. It's obviously too late to stop this pandemic, but maybe not too late to stop the next one. Listen, uh, Ryan Grimm, I'd assume, is no fan of mine. Uh, but good work. He's correct. So now we have hard evidence, not soft evidence. These are documented, unquestioned government emails from Fauci and Collins. Nobody's questioning the authenticity of them. No one. That two things may have happened. They may have conspired using their government taxpayer-funded salaries and accounts, email accounts, to attack the credibility of well-respected scientists, to propagate a lie that lockdowns were working and that there was a scientific consensus. And even more devastating, there may have been a coordinated cover-up to make sure that the lab leak theory was painted as a conspiracy theory and no one was to talk about it, despite the fact that it appears right now to be the most viable theory. And Grimm, I left it at that. It goes on for 14 minutes if you'd like to look at the whole thing. But even more important at the end, it's not just that there was a cover-up to hide the potential of a lab leak theory, folks. It's that the cover-up may allow and provide cover for another lab leak of a potentially more devastating virus later. Has anybody thought this through in the Fauci is the Messiah circle, the Kool-Aid drinkers? Has anyone thought this through? That China now knows if a virus leaks from the lab that the U.S. government will cover it up for them using people like useful idiots like Fauci and Collins? Has anyone thought this through? 
I'm going to have Dr. Stephen Quay along with the great James O'Keefe. That should be some interview on our Monday show. We're going to do something different on the Monday show. We're going to do two big interviews. Dr. Stephen Quay, who knows all about this, and James O'Keefe on our Monday show. Don't miss that. I'm going to ask him exactly that question. Folks, I am not uh, exaggerating when I tell you this may be the scandal of the, uh, of the decade and last decade, because we're only two years into this one. Yeah, they were, yeah, he brings up a good point, Joe. No worries. They have the Fauci t-shirt on of the Joy Reid yeah. interview. <laughs> Go Yankees or something. I mean, really. Pathetic. That number, you know the number one foamy finger? They need that for Fauci when they go on the air. So here's what I mean by this. Uh, the cancel culture epidemic. Folks, it has to stop because there's simply no math. Very simply, I've stated to you now for years, that is a, it is a cannibalistic movement, right? Conservatives, libertarians, and good Republicans like us are ignore these people. They try to cancel. I mean, gosh, we have tried to be the, the cat lady spends her entire days with her cats trying to cancel us. And our ad portfolio grows. Our website explodes. We're launching billion dollar public companies. It, it, it's not working. Why? Because we just ignore her. And so does everyone else. I said this. Oh, it's just a matter of simple fact. Nobody pays any attention to them anymore. But the left does because they're afraid of these people. So when you run out of people to cancel on the right, you got to cancel your own. Ding, 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 ding. This Barry Weiss substack. It's called Common Sense. It's written by Peter Kiefer and uh, Peter Svodnik. But it's a pretty fast. It's in yesterday's show notes. So check it out. If you're in my newsletter, you got it in your, your email yesterday. It's called Hollywood's New Rules. It talks about how Hollywood, did you know this? Hollywood now has di- you know, de facto diversity quotas. So they interview all of these middle-aged white men in Hollywood who can't get jobs anymore. Many of them, I assume, are liberals. Some may not be. But they're, they can't believe what's happening in front of their very eyes. Institutional racism is now back. Here's a quote from some of them who can't get jobs because they're white. This is Hollywood. They say, now these, they'll just say to you, the people hiring them, in other words, sorry, diversity quotas, we're just not allowed to hire you, said a 48-year-old white male comedy writer who was recently dropped by his agent. Zach Stentz, a writer and producer, was a screenwriter on Agent Cody Banks, and the Marvel movie Thor said, quote, A really toxic thing that does happen is that agents will tell their clients, especially white clients, when they don't get a job, oh yeah, it's because they had to hire a minority writer. Stentz added, even if it's true, it's not a helpful thing to say. I I wish I was wrong, but why will cancel culture collapse? Because they don't have the math. Eventually, you run out of people to cancel. How many people are you going to cancel? Before 51 and 52 and 55% of the population realize the cancel culture people are in the minority and you're in the majority. They do it by fear now, making you believe, oh, you're in the minority. Don't speak out against cancel culture. We'll cancel you. But when people like Zach Stentz and others start to organize and they realize, my gosh, there's more of us than them, they'll realize they've been suckered the whole time. I'm telling you, this thing's going to collapse. It has to. And it takes time because there's still fear. But once they get over the prisoner's dilemma, all of the people who've been canceled, prisoner's dilemma, it's a why prisoners are in a prison, despite the fact there's very few guards and a lot of them, because thankfully they can't coordinate to break out. They don't trust each other. Once they start to trust each other, the people who've been canceled and they learn to coordinate and fight back, I, prom- I promise you this problem is going to get, this problem is going to go away because we, re- we ignore them. Conservatives just laugh at them. I've made a joke out of Nandini Jammy. I mean, her career is over because of us. You search Nandini Jammy's name. Oh, she's a canceler, a Soros-funded canceler. Search her name on the, it's all articles we've written, factual articles about how troubled of a human being she is. Every time companies put her name in Google or a search engine, whatever it may be, they get our stuff. We just ignore these people and we fight back. All right, I want to show you a video moving on here. Uh, Barack Obama, shockingly, Joe, he's come around. Believe it? I mean, we never thought we'd see the day. Huh. You and I are pretty hard on Obama, especially. Oh, yeah. In the, yeah, no, I mean, Joe saw the video. It's Obama, you know, Joe Biden wants to crush the filibuster now because he's lost his mind and he doesn't think you should have to get 60 votes. He thinks you should have to get 51, even though the Senate's been doing that for decades for non-budget related items. So, uh, you know, a lot of people think that's a bad idea. 
changing the rules of the Senate because Joe Biden wants to push through a bunch of crap legislation. Even Obama, which I'm stunned. I mean, that's his guy. It was his vice president, Obama. So here's Obama giving a speech, taking a stand um, against Joe Biden's threats to nuke the filibuster with Chuck Schumer. I got to tell you, I'm very impressed. Thanks, Barack Obama, for standing on principle here. Check this out. What they don't expect is for one party, be it Republican or Democrat, to change the rules in the middle of the game so that they can make all the decisions while the other party is told to sit down and keep quiet. The American people want less partisanship in this town, but everyone in this chamber knows that if the majority chooses to end the filibuster, if they choose to change the rules and put an end to democratic debate, then the fighting and the bitterness and the gridlock will only get worse. Now, I understand that Republicans are getting a lot of pressure to do this from factions outside the chamber. But we need to rise above the ends justify the means mentality because we're here to answer to the people, all of the people, not just the ones that are wearing our particular party label. <laughs> Gee, right? Credit yeah. where credit's due. Joe, oh, man, yeah. he stood up. Yeah. I mean, we and you, who, I mean, we've been doing this a long time, Joe. We were wrong. He's a man of principle. Obama. Just kidding. Of course, folks, Obama has no principles at all. Either this Joe Biden, uh, that if you've been watching on Rumble, it's fairly obvious. Um, that was a speech Barack Obama gave a long time ago when he was a U.S. senator. Uh, he you know, hated nuking the filibuster back then. Uh, Barack Obama doesn't have an ounce of principle. Uh, Barack Obama never did. Uh, so here we go. Here's Politico uh, article. Obama backs Biden's call to change filibuster rules and pass voting rights legislation. <laughs> he used his first op-ed since leaving the White House to back Joe Biden's call to change the Senate filibuster rules. You know, there's that expression I see on social media a lot. Uh, you know, the, the younglings use it or whatever. The younglings reminds me of that uh, Revenge of the Sith movie, uh, Yoda. Did you get the younglings or whatever? We're talking about the young Jedis, right? They have to say, it's all F around and find out. Okay, so let's throw that theory back at the Democrats. You want to nuke the filibuster? I say, go ahead. F around and find out. When we get in office, if you nuke the filibuster and you say, forget the 60 vote threshold, we need just 51 and we take back the Senate. I wrote a few things down uh, I'd like to see immediately. Uh, Obamacare repeal, of course, uh, full entitlement reform, uh, massive tax cuts, national reciprocity for the Second Amendment, um, a school choice referendum nationally. I'd like to see all that. That's in the F around and find out file. You may say, oh, the Republicans, they don't have the guts to do any of that. Eh, I bet a lot of them don't. But if we get enough of a majority and we can put the squeeze on them, I'll bet we can get it with 51 votes. You want to nuke the filibuster? You go right ahead. Yep. Yeah, that's true. He, he makes a good point. If this election, uh, Joe and Lewis Voting Rights Act passes, we're not going to get a Republican in office. Again. It won't, it won't. I don't, they don't have the numbers. I shouldn't say I don't want to predict it, but I doubt it. They just don't have the numbers. All right, here we go. He teases thing enough. So I'm, I'm scrolling around doing some show prep this morning, and I see this video, and on my life, I'm not convinced this isn't a joke. Everybody's telling me who's, no, it's real. This is real. This is Mark McGowan, an MP from Australia. I'll have Sidney Watson from The Blaze on my radio show later as a guest. Um, we'll talk to her about this, too. He's an MP from Australia, and he's giving some public service announcement uh, about taking the vaccine or what he calls the needle in his finest Australian accent. So he has a, an, an Aboriginal translator next to him to translate what he's saying into English for Aborigines. The problem is Mark McGowan is speaking English. So he's got a translator translating English it's English. I, I, this can't be real. I'm asking the fact checkers for a favor. You know, I don't like you. You don't like me. But please, can you please fact check that this is real? Because this can't, no one can possibly be this stupid. <laughs> you Check it out and decide for yourself. Listen to this. This is an important message to keep Aboriginal people safe. And the young message, a proper important one to keep everybody Safe one. You can die from the corona or get really sick. 
you better can pass away from this corona, or you better can get really sick one. It's time to get the corona needle to keep people and country strong. Dijan, it's time to get them this needle, long corona, to keep them but all the people and country proper strong one. The corona needle will protect kids, old people, men and women. Well, the young corona needle gotta keep them a safe one for all the kids and for all the men and women. Many people around the world have already had the needle. Big more people all around the world been already getting but their needle. <laughs> Um, listen, uh, Guy, who's that guy, Tom, the world's worst fact checker? What's his last name? Kersher, Tom, Kersher. Tom, listen, let's smoke the peace pipe for a minute. Okay. We don't like each other. You don't like me. We think you're the world's worst fact checker. You think I'm the world's worst Republican or whatever. Fine. Can we smoke the peace pipe for a minute? Can you please write a piece and fact check this show? Well, not the show so much. Well, yeah, fact check the show, the segments in there and please help us out. Is that real? I, 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 everyone's telling me it is absolutely real, but I, there's a side of me that desperately wants to believe that this has to be fake and has to be a shtick. There is simply no way that Australia has descended into such madness that MP Mark McGowan felt the need to translate English into English for the Aboriginal population of Australia. This can't, it can't possibly be. And if it is, Joe, the rapture's near. It's over. Man. Like it's coming. Forget the emergency food. It is over. It is the end of times. Book of Eli style. It's Denzel Washington's going to be rolling down the street with his sword and his shotgun tomorrow. It is over. Over. Go time. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks. I know. I know. Tell me when you saw that. You weren't like, dude, you're messing oh, yeah, with me, what? right? I sent it to Joe Lay. You're yeah. like, this can't possibly be real. I'm hearing it is. Tom. Peace pipe, right, Joe? It's yeah. peace pipe time. Tom, we're extending a hand. Help us out here and please fact check this. I need to know. All right, folks, don't miss my radio show later. And uh, please set your DVR or watch live my Fox show unfiltered Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Dave Portnoy, Don Trump Jr., Pete Hegseth, Jesse Waters, loaded show. And I've got some really hot video in the beginning and on the Democrat, I mean, really shocking hypocrisy and another fiery rebuttal. Uh, don't miss that. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.